ready for a response? Everybody! <laughs> no, not meow, Caleb! Simultaneously with us, and plus I'm not here. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, everybody! Everybody! Put on your bratwurst vest! Put on your bratwurst vest! Put on your Wiener hat! Put on Wiener your Wiener hat. hat! It's time for Sausage Fest! It's time for Sausage Fest! I don't think I like this. <laughs> I don't like this at all. <laughs> like I said, it doesn't work. It's more of a three-person round at that point. <laughs> 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 you're, you're, you're just reverb calling. Uh, I guess uh, that's the beginning. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, listener, or listeners, as I hear we have multiple every once in a while. Yeah? So. Yeah. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> somehow someone besides me likes to listen to the sound of my voice. Hey, I, I actually downloaded the episodes. Oh, really? So, so it adds to our... I, I think it, yeah, it, just, it just makes us look a little better, maybe, and then... But I didn't listen to any of them. You need to listen to the last one. It's actually not very good, but it was especially for you. Yeah, we put in some real good Easter eggs for you. Well, not so much Easter eggs as much as... It's like an Easter egg that's thrown at your head. Yeah. Not hidden. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm going to have to listen to it. Like an Easter egging. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the listener is the... uh, I alluded to in the Sausage Fest... Um, opening chant, which I don't think was quite as good as the impromptu grasshopper corner song. We are, we are the dick crew this, this week. You'll notice that there was a suspicious lack of a feminine voice in the, in that, uh, beautiful sausage fest song. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sarah's, Sarah's not here. Yeah, she's missing. We don't know where she is. But yeah. we're not worried about it. Yeah, she'll, on the phone. She, yeah. she'll turn up sooner or later, you know. <laughs> In like a field of turnips, just like oh, that's what those are wandering Oops. around. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. where they get their name. Oh, yeah. it's like people go missing and then they turn up in the field of this weird vegetable that nobody likes. <laughs> we just plant them so that we know where to look for people who are missing. Right. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, aren't turnips like just the ghosts of carrots? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty spooky. Um, they are associated with um, spooky holidays, like um, like on Halloween when you carve out a turnip and yeah, leave it on your... Wait, actually, that might work. Okay, I'm thinking of parsnips. Okay. <laughs> so parsnips are the ghosts of carrots. Are turnips the one that looks like beets? Kind are of. beets turnips? No, but I think they might be related. I don't know. I don't know. They're all tubers, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at this. I should know these things. Yeah, Colin, do you work for a company that, like, grows vegetables and shit? Or is we do not grow turnips. Ah, oh. uh, they look like radishes. Oh, yeah, they look big. And a rutabag is just like a giant fucking turnip. So, yeah, those, you know. those giants should really put the turnips down, because they're getting out of hand. Yeah. The giants fucking those turnips, jeez. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, so I, I had an interesting thought today. I was watching one of those uh, one of those uh, videos on on the interwebs. There, there are quite a few of them out there of uh, you know the person whose uh, child tragically died young, but was an organ donor. Um, I guess they don't have to die young. Okay, the person whose like child tragically died or loved one tragically died, and uh, 
they're an organ donor and someone received their heart and then they film the thing where they show up to their house and like get us get out a stethoscope and like listen to their uh, deceased loved one's heart beating and they get all emotional. Mm. I was like, you know, that's really nice, but when they do organ donation, when they harvest organs, usually they harvest quite a few. I mean, I'd like to see more in that series where the person just shows up and someone starts pissing on their face. They're like, oh my god, this is my son's kidneys. That's little Timmy's right kidney. Another stream just hits him. Oh my god. Little Timmy's left kidney. Smells just like when little Timmy used to piss on my face. Is that Timmy's penis too? You're really a... Took everything, used everything but the squeal. Wow. Yeah, the squeal went to some uh, Puerto Rican guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like born mute, and I was just like, Wah! Yeah, Timmy was actually a pig. <laughs> uh, and this person's fetish was to have pigs squeal and piss on him. <laughs> These are weird videos that yeah, you find on the internet. Yeah. This is where you thought this conversation would end, right? <laughs> yeah. Pissing on people's faces. Yeah, I assume this is where we go, yeah. Good. No surprises here. That's what I like. Yeah, why? Ah. Why does the heart get such, you know, high placement amongst viscera? Hmm. Like, it's just a, a gross throbbing. It's even worse because it is. It's like throbbing. Like, imagine how gro- much grosser like a liver would be if it was throbbing. Ooh, man, that would be pretty exciting. <laughs> throbbing liver. It'd probably be a lot better at its job. Mm-hmm. Like, if it could pump its own fluids in and out. Oh yeah, it wasn't just a Lazy ne'er do well organ, yeah. you know, beating off really, the heart. Really lazy down. Yeah, man. What if, what if all of your organs pulsated, and like, and like, even your skin, like at the same time, you just blew up. <laughs> no, no. Just like you'd just be kind of, you know, you could never sit still. You'd always be like kind of moaning and groaning, and different parts of your body would be inflating and deflating. Or would they all inflate and deflate at the same time? So you just get bigger and smaller. That would be pretty interesting. I imagine, like, making, you know, wearing a really tight, like, pair of jeans would um, would be a problem. I mean, it would be uh, inhibiting that natural um, growth and um, and shrinkage, you know? Just, like, push toward the ends more so your feet would get huge and your head would get really huge. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like one of those uh, those stress balls that you squeeze and like the head pops out. Oh yeah. <laughs> but just up. There's that guy in the tight suit. Fashion, I tell ya. Yeah, I had one of those like when I was like ten, but it didn't work. You squeeze it, like the eye popped out, but they just stayed out. Oh no, wait, that was my puppy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Confusion. Uh, yeah. Well, did it at least help with your stress? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it did a job. It also destroyed my first erection. Wow. <laughs> so, um, we had, a, we had a few other things to talk about that um, are different than that. Uh, Ethan, you had, you had something, right? You had, like, an off-color joke to tell us? No, that was the one, the one about the, you know, or, you know dead child's organ transplant. Gotcha, gotcha. It's face. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, you're right. You didn't have much of a punch going. Yeah, that's pretty good though. I mean, yeah. I mean, we could we could keep dwelling on it if we want to get to other other organs. You know, they 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 can do like bowel transplants. Like uh, then, like uh, you just like bend someone over a chair and rams his fist up their ass. It's like, oh, that's little Timmy's colon. Yeah, 
I wonder if there's a, uh, a fetish dedicated to boning people with donated genitals, you know? That, donated like, genitals? They're not, like, they're not necessarily transgender, but they don't have, like, their birth penis or vagina. I don't, I don't know if that's a, if that kind of transplant's a thing. Yeah, it should be. It'd be pretty cool. Like, yeah, I mean, get, like, uh, yeah, why not? That'd be a really unfortunate fetish, though. <laughs> it all has to be, like, animated. You'd have to draw it yourself. <laughs> you'd have to make the distinction between the, the color of the genitals and the rest of the person so you know that it's transplanted. Yeah, yeah. and, like, a bunch of horrible <laughs> scarring around the edges. Yeah. Don't take your anti-rejection meds and your dick just falls off mid Yeah, that'd be unfortunate. Or it would be even worse if... <laughs> If it was, you know, donated from, like, a little kid. It's like, oh, that's a little penis on an adult man. Does that make me a pedophile? I don't know. Ooh, that's a very good question. Gray area. Uh, Gary Army, <laughs> chime in. Uh, yeah. uh, leave a message. Let us know. Um, if you're a grown man... Uh, oh, yeah, if you're a grown man having sex with a woman who had a... <laughs> Vagina transplant from a child? <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, does it make you a pedophile? <laughs> and uh, other way around, a woman having sex with a man with a transplanted child's penis. Yeah. Does that make you and, a pedophile? And like as we as society progresses, you know, you can have you know sort of like a um, is it sh- uh, ship of Theseus? Oh, sort of ship like? of uh, ship of Theseus. Yeah. Yeah. Situation where you know what. Age matters. Like, is it the age of the body or the specific body parts? Is it like the average of the age of the whole body? Is it the age of the brain or the age of the mind inside the brain? What determines whether or not you can give consent to like getting blown? You know. You know, I, you know, I think the whole idea behind age of consent is like, oh, you're not really old enough to make your decisions, or whatever, until you're, uh, until you're you know, like an adult, and they kind of draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this is, I would like to do it all things, uh, when you're an adult. Um, so I think it would be the, the age of the mind, mm. which that would be a real windfall for pedophiles. You yeah. Know, they yeah. could, you know, fuck someone who's like, also 45 years old, but unless they're actually after a child's mind, and that's what they're the one uh, Caleb, are you are you seeing someone new and you just want some clarification? <laughs> hypothetically. Is it okay? Like, if a person's like way wiser than their age. <laughs> yeah. And and also this child who looks like she's twelve has her genitals transplanted from an older woman. Yeah, yeah, so then I think I'm in the clear. Oh, yeah. Right? Is that... Is that okay, good. Um, yeah, I got my time to the evening. <laughs> Oof. Blow it off my mind. So, uh, we didn't talk about Stephen Hawking's death last week. You um, didn't? No, even though we have a real-life physician on the pod, Max. Um, yeah. Caleb is the physician. Tell us about the other physician, Stephen Hawking. You know, you've met, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we hung out all the time. We had wheelchair races. It was good. Yeah. I, his actually didn't go very fast. It was like governor out. He actually got in trouble for that back in the day. He was going way too fast. Uh, I think he ran over a child. Uh, which, it, there's a relation between that child and, never mind. Um, 
<laughs> on, uh, nice. Um, callback. Uh, yeah, so, uh, he, he died. I don't really know that much about what he did. It's sort of... It, it's it's an interesting sort of it's almost like pure math sort of stuff where it's uh well yeah I mean it's highly it's, theoretical it it right. was yeah I mean well, the stuff that he did with black holes um was really foundational to like the, the way that people study and understand how black holes work um and especially like in cosmology um but uh yeah the the applications of what he did to what I do is basically zero um, because it's basically you work on the relativistic scale and you work on the opposite one that uh, is not yeah 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 so he's doing like yeah cosmological scale like huge things and particle physics is with tiny things however um, there is some crossover when you're talking about things like dark matter and dark energy um, because well, dark matter specifically, like, that's something that maybe you could see in a collider experiment. Well, or rather, something that you won't see, but you could infer exists. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, um, so if, if we could detect it in a collider experiment, that would tell us something about cosmology um, and, like, the way that the universe behaves at large scales um, because we would know what dark matter is. Um, and conversely, if we knew... If we had better measurements of of dark matter on in like from cosmology, that would like help us constrain models that tell us how to look for it in collider experiments. So the two kind of feed into each other. Um, so that's kind of an interesting channel, like a flow of information between two things that are otherwise. I mean, they're both parts of physics, but have very few connections with each other. I mean, for for one reason, it's because. Um, you know, particle physics, or the standard model anyway, doesn't have gravity in it at all. And cosmology is basically dominated by gravity. And also, um, Stephen Hawking was a little bitch. Yeah! Yeah. There you go. It was getting so real there for a while. I was going to interject with something like, so you're saying dark matter matters, but I don't know. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Is Black Lives Matter still a thing? No, call it all matter matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for neutrinos, which are basically like the gypsies in this analogy. <laughs> Man, you should say that to a gypsy sometimes. They should be a neutrino. They're like, I know! <laughs> we have been considered the neutrinos throughout history. <laughs> Bad things happen to all sorts of... There's all sorts of discrimination and ethnic cleansing for other groups that they always talk about. It. They never talk about ours. They never talk about the neutrinos because they just don't interact with anybody. That's right. Man, when are they going to get some big interaction going? They need to get some mass or charge or something. Jeez. They're going crazy. They're really boring. Yeah, super I mean, boring. if you spent your whole life studying neutrinos, just be the most boring life ever. I agree. Like, so how's your day, neutrinos? Cold shoulder again, neutrino. <laughs> Just pass right through me, whatever. Whatever. So, whenever I think about light, I think about, about darkness, uh, evil within us all. Well, that, but also, uh, how Hitler did nothing wrong. Definitely. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think about electrons being knocked into different orbitals. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're like, talk to me about orbitals. Uh, no, that sounds kind of boring. <laughs> but what hap- what happens, say I have um, some 
like uh, dwarf star matter, you know, just a big thing of neutron or you know, electronless. You mean like a neutron star? Yeah, I have a neutron star. I don't have the same thing. What happens when you shine a light on it? Figuratively, like, or literally. Literally, what does what do what do photons do to you know? Well, so the eye. Um, probably. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of guessing here. So, right, a neutron is electrically neutral, but its constituent particles are not. The quarks that make up the neutron have charge. And since they have charge, they can interact with photons. Okay. Um, however, the if you're shining, like, a light, like a flashlight, uh-huh. um, that is mostly going to be um, photons that are in the visible spectrum, so they have a wavelength of, what, 100 nanometers or something. Which is way, 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 way bigger than a neutron, right? Oh, right. Especially way bigger than, than a quark, if you can even like, talk about the size of a quark. And so, as a result, it's, it's going to be really hard for the, neutron, or the, the quarks inside the neutron to um, absorb uh, those photons. So the light will probably go through So there probably wouldn't be much interaction, but what if you had a really goddamn big flashlight? Yeah, I mean, there's... So I'm not sure what how the math would work out here because the individual interaction is small, but the thing is, neutron stars are so so fucking dense. They're like way way more dense. Like they than don't know they don't notice like when you're trying to uh, get out of a conversation with them. Right. And they just keep talking your ear off, and you're like, oh yeah, my, then it's probably getting cold. Yeah, it should be going. So the probability of an individual neutron absorbing a photon is small, but the there's so many neutrons in such a small space that it might still be opaque. It might still absorb everything. I, I just don't know. I, I this is far beyond my realm of expertise. All right, so that leads me to the next so thing. A, a quick Wikipedia check. I'm sure somebody's got that figured out while they're listening to us right now because the show's live. Just kidding. Should totally do a live call in show and base it on physics. <laughs> <laughs> you answer all the questions. We'll have will be Collins Collins show. <laughs> Actually, I think I can handle the phones and you guys can answer the questions. I think that's that'll work out better. There we go. Then I, are you gonna say something like "Thank you for calling, Colin, Colin"? Naturally. Okay. Good. I mean, I, yeah, I'll have to assume your name for that night, but I think I can handle that. I assume lots of names. Yeah. You'll need your power of eternity. Yep. I kind of accidentally said power of eternity. I thought you said power, power of maternity. <laughs> You'll need We're your eternal mother of power, but great. Fight the power of <laughs> maternity. Yeah. Uh, is that like a pro-abortion thing? No, that's how babies are born. They fight, they fight the power of maternity to fight out and yeah. yeah, punch their way out of the womb. It's like reverse fisting. Huh. I assume that's the way that it works. It's, it's kind of like, um, like, did you guys ever watch the, um, those live action Ninja Turtle movies yeah. in the 90s? There's one where Shredder gets, like, buried in a bunch of garbage. And I think he might even have gotten put in a garbage truck with yeah. an actor. And at the end, in some very subtle foreshadowing, he punches his hand through the surface of the garbage. That might even be at the beginning of the next movie, but it doesn't matter. And uh, and so, yeah, that's how I imagine human birth being like. 
It's like, I mean, I imagine that the um, the birth canal looks kind of like a pile of garbage. No, I just thought you meant like, I imagine, or I don't have to imagine, women are garbage. <laughs> and not how men can come out. They come out of this pile of garbage. Fighting. Yeah. Having probably been yeah. defeated by four anthropomorphic testidines. Well, does anyone remember the name of the, like, fucking stupid turtle? Like, because there were the four... Um, but then, I think it is in Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, they, like, uh, like, Shredder takes some more of his green spooge and, like, uh, like, dips a snapping turtle in it or something? Yeah, he's got, like, big spikes on his shell. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah, did he have a name, or was it just, like, anthropomorphized snapping turtles instead of, like, anthropomorphized... I'm sure he had a name. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I mean, it's part of the Well, let's fact-check this. Talk about something real quick. You know, Ninja Turtles... That just seems like designed by Madlib. Like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I mean, we all think it's cool because we grew up with it and, like, uh, all sorts of things you didn't understand were being explained to us. As a kid, you just kind of have to go with the flow. Uh, but in retrospect, that really seems like the result of someone smoking a lot of weed or, like I said, some Madlibs. Yeah. Were, were Ninja Turtles uh, originally from comic books or were they a TV yeah. show? Yeah, they're, I think they were comic, book, comic books first, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there were a TV show like back in the nineties. Yeah. I don't know what they were before that. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was a comic book. I I don't think it preceded it by a whole lot. Yeah, it was just such a good premise that it could <laughs> yeah. not be kept off the yeah. screen for any time. Now, my question about the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles is the teenage part because, mm. like, turtles can live a long fucking time, and like sea turtles don't reach sexual maturity until they're like fifty. Or, you know, you can have a, you can father children 15. at like, yeah, you can father children wow. at like 13, right? In theory, as a, as a human. So, if I have, I mean, like, teenage for turtle years is like 50 or 60. So, when we were saying they're teenage mutant ninja turtles, are, is that, are they teenage in human years or turtle years? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, are you trying to find out if you can fuck these turtles? <laughs> <laughs> if they got a political <laughs> trans <laughs> Only if they're trans. Oh, know. yeah. It was Slash. Slash the turtle. Ain't no rule against fucking a turtle. Slash was his name? I guess. I really don't have any memory of this. I was apparently obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. I have almost no memory of any of it. Except those live-action movies, which are kind of creepy, huh? Yeah, but I think we've talked about this on the pod before, but how cool would it be to live in, like, an abandoned subway station? That lair was so awesome. Yeah. I wanted Have to... we talked about... I remember in one of the movies, they like... I think it was Michelangelo kicked everybody's ass with a yo-yo. Oh, yeah. So it was the early 90s. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. It made me think that my yo-yo was a weapon. Yeah. And it was. Yeah, yeah. Killed a lot of people with that yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good men died to that young you know? <laughs> yeah. He was like cramming down their throat till they're seeing they choked. <laughs> That's a bit unconventional, but hey. You know, probably just think we you know, choke them out with the uh, like to do the piano wire in the movies. Mm. You yo yo string. Oh yeah, yeah. You know in theory you could saw through a person with a piece of string. Like yo yo string. If, you know, you just put it on a belt, it was pretty tight, so it was, you know, going around pretty fast and It'd take a while. You can talk to a personal screen. <laughs> no. You should go to the uh, the unicameral and pitch your uh, 
pitch this idea for capital punishment. So not even not even like Frey does that. Like, you know, you can saw through a man with string. <laughs> Just FYI. You know. Can you pass a bill <laughs> to say that you know, you could probably saw through a man. Not that it's legal, but just that you can. Yeah. Just that it's possible. <laughs> I love to see that go to the floor, and then you, like, you're trying to, like, filibuster the whole time <laughs> just to get it going. <laughs> all right. Can we all acknowledge that it's possible to saw through a man with yo-yo strings? <laughs> Say I. <laughs> Roll call vote, please. <laughs> Now, how would, how would Ernie Chambers spin that? If I introduced a bill to say, to acknowledge that, you know, you could probably saw through a man with string, how would Ernie Chambers... I don't know, you'd probably make some sort of hippo analogy. Yeah. Like, uh, if I... Or, well, maybe not hippo. Like, if I were the world's largest ball of string in Kansas, in the land of the decrepit... <clears throat> See, he, he would say this much more smoothly than I would because he's a very smooth, well-spoken, uh, elderly man. Um, if I were the world's largest ball of string, I would have enough string. <laughs> I don't think he's southern. I mean, it's been a while since I've heard him, but he's pretty sure he's not. Dude, things have changed since you left. It's... He yeah. got real weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> he now thinks he's Colonel Sanders. <laughs> like his beard started to go up. He's like, shit, I must be Colonel Sanders. Well, I say, I say. I'm the world's biggest ball of string. And I'm not, because I'm Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Eat my chicken. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good Ray Chambers impersonation. I heard him a lot. <laughs> That'll be a good reference for our Iowa listeners, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Surely they know who Ernie came from. I mean, he's from Omaha. It's like basically the shared city of the states. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sure he has his own Wikipedia article, so you can look him up if you're so inclined. He does. <laughs> I've got quite a bit written about him, actually. I believe it. He's a colorful character. And I don't mean... Oh, 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 come on! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I do mean it because of that. No. Uh, okay. Hey, guys, you want to hear about something interesting? You bet. So, this was something that I saw on Reddit a couple of days ago, uh, and I thought it would be interesting to bring up. Um, so, there's a, there's a Russian version of The Lord of the Rings, um, not, not a, like a Russian translation, but like a... It's written by a Russian. That's the only thing that that means. Um, it's, and it's based on the premise that the original trilogy um, is sort of like a history written by the victors, which makes like the elves and men like be like these paragons of virtue, and like Mordor, you know, this, this evil place. And it was, that's not the way it really was. It was just written by the people who happened to win. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's the premise. Um, but in reality, or at least like in this telling of the story, Mordor was on the verge of an industrial revolution, which was a threat to the warmongering and imperialistic faction represented by Gandalf and the elves. So there's a, um, it's, it's in Russian. I don't know if the whole thing's been translated to English, but there's a section here in the comments that was, that's translated, which is a description of Barad-dur. Um, so it's described as, 
that amazing city of alchemists and poets, mechanics and astronomers, philosophers and physicians, the heart of the only civilization in Middle-earth to bet on rational knowledge and bravely pitch its barely adolescent technology against ancient magic. The shining tower of the Beridor Citadel rose above the plains of Mordor, almost as high as Orodruin, like a monument to man, free man, who had politely but firmly declined the guardianship of the dwellers on high and started living by his own reason. It was a challenge to the bone-headed aggressive West, which was still kicking lice in its log castles to the monotonous chanting of scalds extolling the wonders of never-existing Numenor. <laughs> wow. Right? That's actually kind of, sounds kind of interesting. What, what is the, what is the deal with the ring then? So is that a bit of technology? Uh, so I guess magic also exists. Uh, so I guess, I, I mean, I don't know. They don't well, their, their biggest crowning achievement is not all of their technology. It's the one thing that they have that's more magically powerful than the magical people that they don't like. So that's according to the original, the trilogy, which was written by the people who were trying to defame Mordor. So I'm sure they address it in this book. I don't, I don't know. It's called The Last Ring Bearer. That's the English translation, anyway. It was written in 99, so not actually that long ago. I'm going to have to read that. Right? It, it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. It does sound interesting. Yeah, I, I would like to know the answer. Like, if the ring didn't really mean anything to them at all, or maybe it meant a lot and it was just sentimental. It was like Sauron's father's ring, and <laughs> when it was destroyed, he just gave up all hope. <laughs> it didn't really magically have any powers and didn't destroy him. He just, like, left. That was my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, okay, so here, it actually, so I'm reading the Wikipedia article. Um, yeah, so the ring itself is a luxurious ornament, but powerless. Uh, crafted by the Nazgul, who were a group of ancient scientists and philosophers who take turns as the Nine to guide Mordor through its industrialization. And it was made to distract Gandalf and the elves while Mordor built up its army. Um, in this book, Aragorn is portrayed as a puppet of the elves who had been instructed to usurp the throne of Gondor by murdering Boromir uh, before Gandalf oh, removed Denethor. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I have to read this. Uh, Arwen, being 3,000 years older, holds Aragorn in contempt, but uses their mares to cement elvish rule over Gondor. Uh, Faramir has been exiled to Ithilien, where he is kept under guard with Eowyn. The elves have also corrupted the youth of Umbar, which they aim to use as a foothold into Harad and Khand. Man, one of the, like, the outlands. <laughs> there you go. So, I was reading some of the comments about this, and they say that, um, like, it's, it's actually not badly written, um, and I guess there is an English translation, but it gets a little bit, uh, uh, you know, you may have picked up on this already. It, it can get a little bit preachy, uh, with the, um, like the worldview that they're trying to get across. So are they, are they legitimately trying to get this worldview across, or is it 
supposed to be satire of, like, Soviet propaganda. Like, making fun of it. Because I can't really tell. I don't know either. Because it seems so over the top that it's like... Yeah, and, and, you know, I wouldn't even necessarily get the, like, the whole, like, socialist versus, like, uh, capitalist thing from the little bit that I read. More just kind of like an East versus West thing, mm-hmm. which made me purely coincidental. Right. I mean, this is just, just for fun, right? I mean, we have the video evidence of what actually happened. That's true. I've seen it many times. Yeah, thanks to the, the great documentarian, uh, Peter Jackson. And his intrepid camera fish. <laughs> <laughs> camera fish, wow, that's a reference. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good insight joke. Well, good luck Googling that one, listener. <laughs> well, what about other, other works of, of fiction that you can try to see the other point of view of? Oh, well, probably... I mean, Star Wars is kind of another obvious one, right? Where, um, especially, like, my under- I haven't read, like, a lot of Star Wars books, but I've you know, played, like, some of the, the games and, like, Next to the Old Republic and stuff, which delve a little bit more into what the Sith were outside of... Because there was, like, a Sith Empire, right, in the Old Republic that existed, yeah. like... I mean, Next to the Old Republic was, like, a thousand years before the prequels, right? Something like that. Something like that. Or more than that, yeah. Yeah, a long-ass time. And um, and I think those even were, like, after the Sith Empire. Like, you go to Korriban, which was, like, a burial ground. Um, and it's... There are a lot of Sith there, but they're not, like... It's, it's weird, because you wouldn't think... <coughs> You wouldn't think that, like, the Sith could have, like, a society made up of Sith, right? Because, like, in the, in the time of the movies, there's always this rule of two thing, right? Where there's, like, there's always two Sith. Which is really yeah. different than, like, before when there were, like, there were lots of them. It was, like, the Jedi. Like, there's, there may have been hundreds. Um, yeah, the rule back then was there are always at least two Sith. But somehow they at least got lost in the ages of... Greater than or equal to two. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a good one. Um, I think they delve more into that, into the, the sequel of that game, too. Like, maybe the Sith aren't all that bad, and maybe doing these these good things, like, immediately seem good, like giving charity to people, but in the long run, it's Thanks, making people helpless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the... At its heart, the biggest difference between the Sith and the Jedi is the Jedi try to be sort of dispassionate, and they're taught to like not think with not think and or really even have emotions, or especially not let their emotion their emotions uh, influence their judgment. But Sith are like the total opposite. They're like Spock all over again. What's that called? Both Spock and Kirk were good. It's like those two. Like Spock is no emotion in your decisions, and Kirk is all about emotion. Yeah. Well, and like, what was it? What was under the rule of the Empire? What was life like for your average Joe? Yeah, your nerf herder. Yeah. <laughs> your scrappy nerf herder. <laughs> like, I didn't really see a lot. Okay, so he blew. Up, they blew up a planet to make a point. Yeah, that was pretty bad. 
but I didn't see a lot of, like, oppression. Like, I didn't see, like, uh, Uncle Owen and, uh, Amperu. Amperu. Like, I didn't see, like, them complaining about their, well, they were filling out their tax returns. Like, ugh, damn, Empire bleeds us dry on taxes. Yeah. Well, I think, like, planets like that had, the Empire still had pretty little influence over Because it was, like, way on the outer rim, right? So don't yeah. get shit. Yeah, and that, like the that was just, like, it was kind of feudal, like, the local lords were the huts, right? Right, right. But yeah, I don't know. And maybe, uh, maybe Alderaan was, like, evacuated before that, and they just blew the planet up as a demonstration of power rather than authority. Maybe there was some sort of plague going on there, and, like, it was, it was like a deadly plague that would have spread. Wait, wait, but, but, uh, Obi-Wan has something, like, he, like, senses I know, it. I know, I voice. thought that too. A million voices silenced. Millions of voices silenced. Maybe they were just silenced. Like, hey, don't tell anybody about this evacuation. <laughs> like, I just got this feeling that a bunch of people got silenced. Maybe not killed. Maybe. They didn't say silenced. Maybe they were all, like, watching, like, uh, like an intergalactic basketball game, and it was a home game, and all the fans are super excited that their team was going to win, and then the, the opposite team made, like, a buzzer beater three-pointer, and then they just all went quiet because they lost. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. You know who else yeah, got so bad? It was an away game for Alderaan. <laughs> it was definitely Space Houston losing to Michigan this year. <laughs> Top of goal. Wow. The machines in the Matrix. Like, they were trying to ensure their own survival because, you know, apparently you and the machines were at, uh, at war for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, and so this is a really stupid part in the movie that violates... Thermodynamics, where somehow you can yeah, create energy by feeding humans to humans. Uh, but glossing over that, um, they could have just kept the humans not conscious, uh, as just, you know, living organ bags, completely like scooped out their cerebral cortexes and things like that. But they tried to set the humans up first, like in a paradise, but the human mind rejected it because humans, like, need suffering or need challenge or whatever. And so they created a duplicate of a place that would be nice for the humans, and most people never know. They get to live out their lives and have the same damn experience. You know, um, some bullshit about it just doesn't quite feel right aside. I mean... Yeah, I, they, they kind of uh, dipped their toe into that with that one character that was... I don't remember what his name was. Gave him the evil-looking goatee. Goatee and all that, of course. Yeah, who would have thought? Skinhead turns out to be a bad guy. Yeah. And, um, like, he was like, yeah, I just want to go back to living in this simulated world. It wasn't so bad. Like, yeah, they didn't do a terrible job. And there's theories now that we're living in a simulation, or that, like, people are certain we're living in some sort of simulation. Yeah. Kind of a physics meets philosophy type of thing. Or numbers meet philosophy, not physics, I guess. You're a number. Sorry, Thanks. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. Well, it's been said. Okay. But, I mean, th- this, um, you could actually explain, I think, the whole, like, trying to use humans as shitty batteries thing as the robots actually being compassionate and finding a use to, like, still oh, allow humans okay. to exist. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you give, like, the robots, you know, you know, you know what? We've settled this one. The robots were definitely good guys in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I buy it. I mean, for Hugo Weaving, who's a dick. Yeah, 
he was always a little bit of a dick. Even when he was Elrond, like, he kind of came off a little bit sanctimonious, you know? Yeah. yeah. Men. Men are weak. <laughs> Fuck you. How about that, Elrond? Jesus. <laughs> Even history on the good side of that remembered him as a dick. I wonder what people in Mordor thought. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, good. This is exactly what I thought this podcast should be when we started talking about shit like this. You know what? You know, you can even make an argument, you know, in terms of like the the obvious bad guy, what if they're the good guy. And if you really twist your mind, you can almost see in in saving private Ryan that like the Nazis were the bad guys. I don't know, man. That might be a bridge too far for me. <laughs> they can, like the, those heroic German soldiers died selflessly trying to defend their fatherland from these foreign invaders. That's right. And Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks. Who? <laughs> Dude, I don't know why. <laughs> Weird. And man, yeah, so many of them lost their lives. That's a weird movie. And also, you guys have probably heard this bit with the um, the, the, the D-Day scene, mm-hmm. where there's this bit where there are a couple, well, ostensibly German soldiers who are trying to surrender to the Allies, and they have their hands up, and they're, like, shouting something in some crazy foreign language, <laughs> and... Uh, who knows? <laughs> and, and then, so they're, they're obviously trying to surrender, uh, but then the, the Allied soldiers just, just shoot them, and... It turns out that they're actually, they weren't German, they were speaking like, what was this, it? It like, it some other, like Lithuania or some shit? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a different language, like they were, they were basically uh, pressed into serving in the German army, but they didn't like, want to, so, and they were trying to surrender, but then they got shot, so, yeah. It's a sad moment, I mean, basically, you know, shooting people who are trying to surrender is kind of bad no matter what, but it's especially bad if they were for, sort of forced to join the army in the first place. So it's like there's really no fault of their own. Yeah. Though, I mean, back when they had the draft, I mean, what percentage of people were forced to join the army? Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably a lot of them. A good chunk of them. Yeah, I wonder at that stage, like, with, um, like, in, like at D-Day, I know, like, in, in, towards the end of the the... Of World War II in Europe, like, the Germans were, like, drafting, like, basically children to fight the army. But I wonder at that point, like, how bad the draft was. I mean, I'm sure they had it. I mean, most countries did. Well, we just, Caleb and I just watched a, uh, a show about maybe the opposite point of view of, of somebody who is always labeled as a terrible person in, uh, Benedict Arnold. I thought you were going to say George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> on on that show turn, Washington Spies. Um, yeah. I mean, they certainly didn't paint Benedict Arnold in a good light, but it gave more reasons as to why maybe he was he was manipulated and he was wronged, and the fact that he was like wounded in battle and didn't receive any compensation and yeah, he felt disrespected by yeah. Congress and by the army and. And yeah, I mean, he saw a future for himself and his new wife as you know, loyal subjects to the British, uh, to the king. And uh, yeah, it does make him a little more sympathetic, but he also does, like, 
they change his character. Like, before he turns, uh, um, right. he, uh, right eyes. the way they write his character is much more sympathetic, right? Like, he's just a lot less of a douche. But then, uh, after, I don't know, maybe like the whole situation, you can believe that it actually kind of changes his character and, and you know, just affects him. But he's such a douche after, man. Yeah, that's true. They have him, like, during a war, right after a battle, dumping, having, ordering his troops to dump, um, ammunition and black powder into the ocean so he can take more tobacco and stuff so he can, you know, Make fill money. his pockets with money. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, I don't know, maybe he didn't do that. But before that, it definitely didn't seem like something he would do. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, that was another interesting thing. Like, I, I just thought he was a dick, and probably was. Question. Know, just the, if, the, if you were alive at the time of the American Revolution, I have the shits like nobody's business. That too. Do you really, um, do you really think you would support, would you, would you be a, a loyalist or a patriot, or a Tory or a patriot, or whatever the fuck? I don't really think I would have supported the revolution. I don't know, I mean. No, that would be a tough one. Because I'm Depends like. on where your stance was in society. Like, in re- see, the thing is, on? in retrospect, it seems like, oh yeah, it was the shots heard around the world that was like, uh, you know, because that sparked the French Revolution, really like the kind of, you know, downfall of all these European monarchy, and it was like the European monarchy, and it was like the start of like really demo- democracy in Europe, and rep- you know, the representative democracy back after, you know, 1500 years. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. But like, living at the time, I'm like, is it really worth shooting each other over for like, you know, paying taxes on like tea and shit? Like, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't just that either. I mean, there was stuff with um, like quartering soldiers right. in your home. Right. I think that would kind of piss me yeah. off. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like such a weird thing in the Bill of Rights that they specifically put something in there to say that, like, you cannot be forced to house soldiers in your home. It's yeah. like, of course not. Why, why would they want to live in my house? They have, like, barracks and shit, right? That's, <laughs> that's where they want to live. They don't want to live in my house. My house is terrible. Uh, but it was just, like, an actual thing that, like, happened all the time back then because it was a way to, like, have their soldiers be taken care of, too, right? Because, like, if you're living in somebody's house, they're going to also, like, feed you and wash your clothes and, you right. know, give you a bed to sleep on, all that shit. Well, I'm also, my view's probably tainted by after America, the United States became its own country, and then was kind of the hot shit for a while before. Yeah. For a long time, especially, I think we got some good karma after World War II, people were like, hey, America, cool. Uh, but living back then, like, being like a second-class citizen, like, being like, oh, the colonists are inferior, and blah, 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 that, that might rub me the wrong way. I mean, yeah, I mean, because... You know, representation, even if you were a British citizen, was not especially great. They still had, like, a king who was, you know, who had a balance of power with the uh, the parliament. Right. So there was some representation, but even then, it was a representation with a huge asterisk, because I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing even then, like, the people who were allowed to vote for, for MPs back then were probably, uh, you know, White landowners, right? Even in Britain, I, I'm guessing. I, I well, there probably sure. weren't. There were probably not that many not white people in Britain. No, probably. I not. Mean, yeah, in general. So I mean, I think white. I've met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially. 
Uh, yeah, because suffrage didn't happen in England until... Was it after or before the United States? It was after, I think. It was after. A couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like last Tuesday, I think. <laughs> well, when when did like the Europe with the English Parliament, with the House of Commons and the House of Lords? I don't like. When was the House of Commons added? Like, was there was it always at the Parliament? Like after they formed the Parliament, there was the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Like they had. I don't know. I don't know. Like, is all this stuff newer than like the um, uh, Magna Carta? Well, yeah, I don't. I don't think they had a yeah. Parliament at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When did England get a Parliament? Uh, see, listener, come here for the questions, you give us the answers. This is how this works. <laughs> so, in the comments... But we, we need those historian listeners to call in and, and tell us everything we've said wrong and done wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of things that we've said and done wrong, so Colin, uh, last week we had a bit about um, No Problemo. Yeah. And how that's 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 not proper Spanish. It's, it's kind of... I actually looked this up. It's 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 like a Spanglish thing where yeah. you just take an English word and yet O on the end and it kind of makes it sound Spanish. That's yeah. where it comes from. Uh, while the actual Spanish word is problema, but and so we this is what we got wrong. We assumed that because it ended with an A, it was feminine. But it's one of these weird Spanish words um, oh, that ends with an A but is still masculine. So oh wow! Like El problema. I hate those words. But it's like a trans word. Yeah, exactly. They need to have that. <laughs> I was gonna make another point. I decided to stretch instead. But yeah, need to have trans words, backward fucking Spanish societies. I know there's trans in our language. There are some like efforts to try to make. I mean, we talked about this too. To yeah. make gender neutral um, uh, pronouns in English, and so like instead of he or she, you would also have z. Or William they, right? Yeah, 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 yeah but singular they, some grammar. It would be nice to have, like, a word that is unambiguous when you say right. they, that you mean singular. This is one thing that's, like, real, that I don't like a lot of things about the South, but one thing that I like is they have a plural you with y'all. Like, it oh. sounds kind of shitty. Like, it sounds... Yeah, I... I you're right, y'all is hell. better. Yeah. Wow. It's like, otherwise we don't have a word for it, right? Oh my god, you're right. Well, no, what's, what's the, who said that, like, precision is the spirit of language or something, or, like, the purpose of language? Someone said something about it. Precision in language, like, that's the whole idea, is that you could say, yeah, you can transmit, you, yeah, you can transmit information, like, you, your thought to them without having to... Don't they already bastardize that, too, where they'll say y'all for a single person? Oh, that's just dumb. They're, yeah. That's taking it too far. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> just Maybe I'm just watching too many TV shows that hate people from the South <laughs> and just make fun of them. There's a lot of Family Guy. Yeah, between that and... What's uh, online in Family Guy? It's like, yeah, America's great, isn't it? Except the South. Maybe yeah, that, that's, that's 90% of it. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. They're nice parts to the South. Like, did, like um... Disney World. Is that the one that's yeah. in Florida? Yeah. yeah. That, that's a good part. Um, I hear Austin's nice. Yeah. But that's like so unlike the rest of Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's probably other places. Oh, the, the swamps. Right? Oh, yeah. The, the Everglades. Those are cool. Right? I wouldn't want to go there because it sounds awful, but <laughs> it's cool that they exist. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, swamps seem like mosquitoes and alligators. Yeah, I think they're they're very important too. Hey, you suppose when Trump was talking like during his campaign about draining the swamp, he was really just promising wetland degradation, and people just assumed that it was a metaphor for clearing up corruption. <laughs> if that's the case, then promise kept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've got the EPA, you know, hire a bunch of uh, cronies. Wow, he's been really good at keeping his campaign promises. Yeah. Except, uh... What about that wall? Yeah, he's, he's not gonna... It seems like... Maybe he's just, like, he's offended so many people there, and the whole time it was like, let's build a metaphorical wall. Yeah. We'll just make our country so no one will want to come in. Yeah. The greatest wall of them all. It's like a spirit wall. He was the wall. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the Tyler's biography. Donald Trump. I am the wall. I am the wall. I am the wall that separates good from evil, light from darkness. The, the, you mean the, he's for racial segregation? Uh, the, the light from darkness. That's if Donald Trump uh, was president in the sixties. God help us all. Wow. Yeah, it would have been really bad. Yeah, you know, you we know, went to the moon re- and made like a shitty Dyson sphere around it <laughs> so that nobody else could go to the moon. <laughs> the Dyson sphere, that's a deep cut. Oh, like a vacuum guy. <laughs> well, you know who must be really happy about the Donald Trump presidency? Richard Nixon must just be up in heaven now, like, what's it, Donald? Like, keep making me look good by comparison. <laughs> That's Major Richard Nixon is another one of those stories where the good guys won, or the good guys won, but Nixon was actually a great man. He founded the, he started the EPA. Alright, you're right. Clean water, water Act, the Clean Air Act, like, uh, he, he did some very good things, he just kind of, uh, you know, I feel like Nixon might be kind of like a Boromir, where yeah. he got corrupted by power, uh, but really wasn't, the, the power corrupted him, but he wasn't, you know, that awful, the, the beginning of the game. So, like, like, Tricky Dick was a real straight shooter before power got to him, is what you're telling me. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah that's magical right. power, too, where you just, you really can't resist it. Yeah, he was a real, he was a real nice guy when he, when, uh, him and the Republican Party decided on the strategy of courting Southern racists. Yeah. <laughs> that was... And, Real uh, and criminalizing specific drugs to, um, you know, imprison and uh, get forced labor out of people. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, tear apart their, you know, uh, civil rights leadership. So and, maybe this uh, maybe this idea hasn't yeah, panned out so well. well. <laughs> I mean, that was while he was president, I think. But the EPA, hey, there was that. Yeah, there's that. And, and hey, and then now Donald is here to put the other bookend on the chapter, uh, on the book of, the bookshelf of the EPA. That's right. So, created by a crook, destroyed by a crook. It has a nice symmetry to it. Yeah. Unlike global warming, which is gonna, you know, increase <laughs> exponentially. Say, yeah. say, la vie. La vie. La vie. Thank you. Uh, uh, guys, I think uh, I think that's a pod. It's a pod. Sounds like a pod. Yeah. Sounds like a pod to me. So okay, uh, there's there's some music going on in the background. It's going do 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 do
Cabbage, 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 cabbage. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, listen. I thank you for listening to another episode of the Saloon Podcast. I'm saying goodbye to the Gary Army. Um, bye, Gary Army. Bye. There has to be a person out there whose name is Gary Army. There's a dick army. There's got to be a Gary. <laughs>